0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6, verses 16 through 17, about how to use the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation.
1: We have been going through the book of Ephesians, so let's turn there in our Bibles tonight. And we are going to look at the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We're in Ephesians chapter 6 tonight. We've been going verse by verse through this particular letter. And we have come to the helmet of salvation. So before we go into the Word of God, let's pray one more time. Father, we are grateful to be here tonight. We're grateful for the wonderful Christmas carols that Pastor Chris shared with us grateful to sing your praises and to just be in awe of how you entered time and space, how you became that baby in Bethlehem, how you were born into the world and you, you were born to save us, Lord. And we're just so humbled and grateful that you love us that much. And we know that as we turn our hearts now to the armor of God, we think of, not only did you come to save us, but you have a current ministry to the believer and it's a ministry of intercession. It's a ministry to clothe us with your presence and your power. And you've asked us to appropriate those things. You've asked us to put on what you have provided, to put on the full armor of God. Indeed, the armor of God is you. And you, you know, last week we looked at the shield of faith and it made me think of Psalm 3 where it says, you, O Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the lifter of of my head. There's an old chorus that follows that with Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're the lifter of my head. Every piece of the armor, Father, is your presence and power. Um, and so tonight, as we just look at these couple of pieces that are so rich and so meaningful and so important, we ask that for your guidance by the Holy Spirit and that we would have open hearts to hear what you would say to us, your church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you haven't been with us, we've been looking at the armor of God and we've been talking about the fact that the armor, each piece of the armor is custom made. Each piece of the armor reflects a characteristic of the nature of God. So you can see God in the armor and you can also see the typical ways in which the enemy attacks us And the image that I used is you can see the reflection of the enemy in the pieces of the armor. So each piece of armor is custom designed for the typical ways in which the enemy attacks you. And these attacks are specifically grounded in the idea of temptation. Now we all know that when we talk about temptation we all kind of perk up because we all realize that we are tempted in this world. It is not a sin to be tempted, but it is just stupidity to put yourself in a tempting situation, number one. And then number two, if, if you're tempted, uh, there is a way of escape. There's a way out, and the armor ties to all of those things. So we've been through a bunch of pieces of the armor, and tonight we're going to look at verse 17. So let's look in our Bibles there, Ephesians 6, and let's... Read verse 17 together. Paul says, and, so that connects us to the pieces that we have looked at, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So with the word and, it just joins uh, previous pieces, and there are going to be seven pieces of armor in total. Seven is the number of what? Completion or perfection. So God has told us to put on the full armor of God. You need it all. And he tells us in verse 17, we are to take, so that's an action of of us, we're to take the helmet of salvation. Now there's been controversy in some states about helmet laws. And uh, if any of you ride motorcycles, you know a little bit about that controversy. Some states you can go to, we actually traveled to Utah on a recent uh, trip where we went to one of the churches where we have a radio program out there And we rode motorcycles, and a lot of us, yes, we'll say it, we have Harley Davidsons. And so we rode, rode, and when when we cross state boundaries, there are certain states where you don't have to wear a helmet. And it's a very strange thing for those of us who wear helmets all the time, because we know helmets are very much a safety issue, and we hear of motorcycle accidents all the time, and we know how important a helmet can be. But once you cross the state line, it's very strange to realize there are people riding motorcycles without helmets. And one time we were going just a short duration and some of our group decided not to wear their helmet. And it was a very strange thing to think about, uh, not to have that protection. Now, I don't know how much a helmet's going to actually do if you crash your motorcycle, but there is something that a helmet does provide and it's going to tie to this whole image that we're going to look at tonight. The helmet provides confidence or assurance. But the helmet has very practical ramifications as well. Think about it. I'm a a longtime baseball player. How many times have you been watching a game, and those of you who are not sports fans are going to go, I don't know what you're talking about, but those of you who are sports fans, you realize if a 95-mile-an-hour fastball hits someone in the head without a helmet on, you're dead, or you're seriously injured, but the helmet absorbs the blow and so you you can watch a guy take one in the head and he's going to be a little shook but he will get up from that and he will probably re-enter the batter's box in some cases. The helmet ends up absorbing the blow. Now we are... Uh, all thinking people tonight, and we can understand what a helmet does. We can understand how important it is, how vital it is, and we are to take the helmet, and the helmet is called the helmet of what? Salvation. Now, it is interesting to me that the word salvation is used for a number of reasons. The word salvation in Hebrew is the name Jesus. So we go all the way back to the beginning. Romans 13 tells us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is what the armor is all about. He is our armor. And when we put on the helmet of Yeshua, if you will, in Greek it's not it doesn't mean Jesus per se, but in Hebrew that's the idea. So we put on salvation. Now think of the fact that the... Pieces of armor represent the nature of God. So you can see, obviously, God is our salvation. So that's clear. But they also reveal the typical ways that the enemy comes at the believer. What does the enemy usually do to believers to attack us? Well, helmets protect what? Your head. And what is the enemy's tactic against Christians? Well, I would say, if you're tracking with me, he likes to attack our salvation. And remember that the battlefield is the mind, and so oftentimes what he does, and I think even without the theological debate about whether you can lose your salvation or not, there's a bunch of Christians walking around today defeated on the sidelines because the enemies convince them that, I don't know if you really belong to God. Are you really a Christian? And I think this helmet is called the helmet of salvation to reveal something that the enemy will do and has done, and I've seen it over the years with a number of people's lives, to get you to question whether or not you belong to God. Here's my question for you. How effective will you be if you're not even sure you're a Christian? How could you go around and tell other people about the good news of Jesus Christ and the hope and peace found in Him if day by day you don't even know if you're in the camp? Wow. And I would say, just with the theological debate aside, can you see that? Can you see how the enemy is always trying to get us to question where we are with God? And the onslaught comes at our minds and we all know how this works, right? Because we, we realize that the attacks come right at us all the time, and we have a helmet of salvation from God. Now this uh, is an Old Testament quotation. Write it down for your notes. It's Isaiah 59:16 and 17. And it says these words, and it's "In a context where Israel's been sinning against God, there seems to be no intercessor around." Isaiah 59, 16 and 17. God saw that there was no man." and was astonished that there was no one to intercede then his own arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness upheld him and he put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. That's Isaiah 59, 16 and 17. Now, remember I suggested to you that there may be an additional layer that we need to look at when it comes to the armor. And I just threw it out as a second thing to consider that the Roman soldier is the typical thing that we look at for the armor. But there's also some good case to be made that you can tie this back to the clothing of the high priest. And one thing that we do see is Isaiah was written 700 years before or at least 600 years before there was ever a Rome and a Roman soldier and God is putting on these garments of salvation and uh, doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves now back to the Roman military they had two types of helmets they had a Galilea which was made of leather you can almost think of the old football helmets and a casus which was metal The helmet had had a band to protect the forehead and plates for the cheeks and extended down the back to protect their neck. When the helmet was strapped in place, it exposed little besides the eyes, nose, and mouth. The metal helmets, due to their weight, were lined with sponge or felt. Virtually the only weapons which could penetrate a metal helmet were axes. (laughs) Talk about some brutal battlefields. No soldier's uniform was complete without the proper helmet. Now remember when I told you that a helmet can speak of confidence as well? You know, when I go out in the knowledge of who I am in Jesus Christ, that I'm clothed with Him, that I'm filled with the Spirit, I have much more confidence because I know it's the power of God and His Word that is going to uh, be on display, if you will. But when I lack confidence... When I wonder where I'm at with God, man, that's undoing for the Christian because then what what you have left is your flesh. And Paul said, from your flesh comes what? No good thing. And there's a lot of Christians walking around on the battlefield today and they're wounded because they're not armored up with the knowledge of who they belong to and the fact that they belong to Jesus Christ. So this is the fifth piece And I think it's very uh, obvious to us how crucial a helmet is in so many different uh, contexts.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, Pastor Michael and the team really appreciate you listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to bring you the truth of God's Word and help you apply it to your life. To equip you when people in your community have questions, not to throw the truth in their faces, but to have an answer for the hope you have inside you. Would you please help us with something? Would you please reach out to us today to tell us how Walk in Truth has been a blessing to you? We have a church board, and they would love to hear from our listeners. They want to know how this ministry is reaching you. We would love to know how Pastor Michael's messages have helped you day to day, or even just this one time if you're a first-time listener. Please take a couple moments to either call us and leave us a message, or email us us the number is eight four four forty eight 48 truth or you can email us at contact at walkintruth.com that's eight four four forty eight 48 truth eight four four forty eight truth or contact at walkintruth.com and thank you so much and god
0: bless We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth.
1: And a helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. That's Isaiah 59:16 and 17. Now, remember I suggested to you that there may be an additional layer that we need to look at when it comes to the armor. And I just threw it out as a second thing to consider that the Roman soldier is the typical thing that we look at for the armor, but there's also some good case to be made that you can tie this back to the clothing of the high priest. And one thing that we do see is Isaiah was written 700 years before, or at least 600 years before there was ever a Rome and a Roman soldier. And God is putting on these garments of salvation and uh, doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Now back to the Roman military, they had two types of helmets. They had a gall- gallia, which was made of leather. You can almost think of the old football helmets. And a cassis, which was metal. The helmet had, to, had a band to protect the forehead and plates for the cheeks and extended down the back to protect their neck. When the helmet was strapped in place, it exposed little besides the eyes, nose, and mouth. The metal helmets, due to their weight, were lined with sponge or felt. Virtually the only weapons which could penetrate a metal helmet were axes. <laughs> Talk about some brutal battlefields. No soldier's uniform was complete without the proper helmet. Now remember when I told you that a helmet can speak of confidence as well? You know, when I go out in the knowledge of who I am in Jesus Christ, that I'm clothed with him, that I'm filled with the Spirit, I have much more confidence because I know it's the power of God and his word that is going to uh, be on display, if you will. But when I lack confidence, when I wonder where I'm at with God, man, that's undoing for the Christian. Because then what what you have left is your flesh. And Paul said, from your flesh comes what? No good thing. And there's a lot of Christians walking around on the battlefield today, and they're wounded because they're not armored up with the knowledge of who they belong to and the fact that they belong to Jesus Christ. So this is the fifth piece, and I think it's very uh, obvious to us how crucial a helmet is in so many different uh, contexts. In Exodus 15:2 and 3, it says, The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Would you please turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? Go a little bit to your right. You'll get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want you to see what Paul says, and he's talking about, he's closing up the letter here, and... Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's look at um, verse 8. This follows a a text about the rapture and the day of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5. Look at verse 8. It says, But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, would you notice, the hope of salvation. Now, Keep reading and follow the context. For God has not destined us for what? For wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul gives us a little bit more specifics and he says that the helmet is the hope of salvation. And then right on the, right on the heels of that or right following it is God has not destined us for what? For wrath. Does that seem like an assurance verse to you? I think it is. And I think what Paul is saying, the helmet is for, is to bring assurance to the, the believer's life. In a world of question marks on who we can depend on and who's really going to come through and who's going to keep their promises, one thing that you can know is God is true to his promises. God is the God of salvation. Uh, Psalm 127, turn there with me. Psalm 127, this is more encouragement about who the Lord is in our lives. Psalm 127, verse one, we'll just read the first five five verses together. Says these words. Oh, that's not the Psalm I'm looking for. (laughs) The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? If you know the Psalm, shout it out to me. The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. It's Psalm 27. Thank you. I just put an extra one in my notes. Psalm 27. Let's Let's start over. It's just so good. The Lord is my light. Psalm 27 verse 1. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I want you just to think of the assurance thought that I've been giving to you, the confidence thought. The Lord is the defense of my life. Think of the armor. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, verse 2, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be, what? Confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord and that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will conceal me. In his tabernacle, in the secret place of his tent, he will hide me and he will lift me up on a rock. And so over and over again in our Bibles we see salvation brings confidence paul says we know if this earthly tent is destroyed we have a building from god eternal in the heavens not we hope he says we what we know we know right that's what the helmet is about the helmet is about the battlefield of the mind and you as a believer being able to say, I know to whom I have entrusted my soul and I know he is able to keep it until that day. Amen? That's what it's about. It's about knowing. It's about knowing that God's promises are yes and amen. It's about Hebrews 6. 6. Uh, this hope is the anchor of our soul. It's sure and steadfast. Go back to Ephesians chapter six, and uh, it has so many implications for our lives, because uh, we have a a battlefield constantly that we are going through in this life. Let me uh, just remind you of one other verse. It's Romans eight. Um, this is verse 37, it says, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now we don't have the mind of a natural man. We have the mind of Christ 1st Corinthians 2 and with the mind of Christ we can make proper appraisals the spiritual man appraises all things what does an appraiser do he assesses what value so when you have the mind of Christ you are able to assess value properly you're able to assess yourself properly sometimes we look at ourselves and we demean ourselves for our failures We don't think we're good enough, etc. But when we have the mind of Christ, we have the helmet on and I think we have to appropriate the mind of Christ. Even though we have it as believers, I still think it's another thing we have to put on. Just like everything in our spiritual lives, it seems like it's not only one day at a time, it's one moment at a time. Amen? And so to remind yourself about the promises of God and I'm going to end with this piece of the armor by quoting Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence in anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things, the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you.
0: You've been listening to The Shield of Faith and the Helmet of Salvation, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6, verses 16 through 17. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station, but please continue listening here because... Well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours, and you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app. It's on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others, and you can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teachings on the Book of Job, Psalms, First and Second Thessalonians, Galatians, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, you may be listening to this message right now and thinking, my faith feels weak. It does not feel like a shield. I feel like I've got, you know, holes in my shield or it's too thin or something's going on. How can I strengthen it? Well, you know, often the the answer is read your Bible more, (laughs) read your Bible more. Well, you know, there's an insight in the, the armor of God and it's, It's this, you got to take up, raise up the shield of faith. What does that mean? Well, there's ways that your faith can increase. And yes, it does include Bible study, but it's also prayer. And the Lord even increases our faith in tough situations. So maybe even the fact that you recognize you're feeling a little weak is actually strengthening you. That might sound a little bit like an oxymoron, but here's the point. When we get stretched and we feel weak, we look to God more and that might be a faith strengthening situation. So don't lose heart because God is always working and he's always teaching us faith lessons, not when it's all feeling good and we're feeling strong, but even when we feel like an arrow got through and hit us, the Lord is still working. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth and we're so glad that you're aboard for the program. we're going to deal more with the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation tomorrow. And we'll meet you right here. God bless you. See you then.
0: And join us on Monday for part two of pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians chapter six, verses 16 through 17 called the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to walk in truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.